Everybody is here tonight. Isn't God good? So, Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie and the kids are still home quarantining, but they're doing well and they are viewing us live. So, say hi. Hi, guys. We love and miss you guys. Okay. And so, if I can get everybody just to stand up, we're going to go ahead and do our USA confession. And here we go. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back darkness of Satan from this nation and call the light of Jesus Christ to invade every media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can be seated. A few announcements that I got to go over really quick, okay? Women, what is Friday night? It's a women's meeting. I'm going to be teaching that, so come on out. We're going to have a good time, women. Um, we're just going to fellowship. We're going to have some good food and enjoy the evening. Okay, so what time is that women's meeting at, ladies? 6.30. Um, I don't remember what kind of food it was, though. A pasta or a casserole, thank you. A pasta or a casserole or a dessert, okay, or a dessert. We like desserts, don't we, women? We like our desserts. Yes, we do. So it's going to be a great night, so bring your lady friends and just come out. It's going to be at Victory Hall, and we're going to have a great night. Also, Saturday, November 13th, Young Wives and Moms, there's going to be a day for you. And uh, Miss Norma is actually hosting that at her house. So if you want to get some more details on that um, and her address, go ahead and see her. She's actually up in the nursery tonight. But if you have any questions and want to find out more information, go see Miss Norma on that, okay? And also, parents, the Christmas play practice has officially begun. That is so exciting. We did not get to do a Christmas um presentation with the kids last year so we're super excited that the kids get a minister they work so hard so i encourage you guys for family members that you have that aren't saved that you know you've really been praying for and you really want to reach invite them to that service to that christmas service Um, this is an outreach for the kids to help save the lost and to remind them about what Christmas is really all about, right? So these kids work really, really hard. But parents, it's really, really important that you have your kids come to service. So that they come to service so that they're able to practice. So that they know their cues. They know the songs. They know what they're supposed to say. Believe it or not, just missing one practice sometimes, it they forget and they... they um, you know, they, it's just very, very important to make sure that they're here so we can do that. Also, 
Sunday, November 21st is our Thanksgiving service. Okay, that's exciting, right? We always have good food at this time, at this time, and we're gonna do a Thanksgiving pigeon. So what that means is, we need you guys to bring food, right? You bring all your goods, whatever your best thing is that you cook and you make the best for Thanksgiving, bring it. We're gonna share, we're gonna enjoy, we're gonna fellowship, and we're gonna have a good time. Ushers, can you please make sure that that gets passed around so you guys can sign up? There is a sign-up sheet for that so that we know who's bringing what. Um, and then also, I love Christmas, guys. I love Christmas. I am so excited. I mean, I like Thanksgiving, but I really, 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 really love Christmas. Probably almost more than Pastor Dave, and I can say that because he's not here. I love Christmas. So anyways, on Sunday, November 28th at 6 p.m., we are going to have the Christmas came early party. I'm so excited about that. We're asking every family to bring one dozen cookies. Drinks will be provided, okay? There is going to be a, a gift exchange um, if for anybody that wants to re- um, participate. Ages 15 and up, we ask that you bring a wrapped gift. And you don't have to spend more than $5 on that gift. If you want your kids to participate, then you need to bring a dollar gift. Okay, so we're going to have a lot of fun. We got a lot of cool and exciting things um, going on. So hook up. Come hang out with us. We want to hang out. We want to get to know you guys. So come join us in all these wonderful events that we have. And now it is happy time. And we're going to go ahead and bring Pastor up. Your turn. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Are you excited about Jesus? Amen. That's why we are here. Amen. He's got the answers for everything. As long as you keep your mouth shut and listen. <laughs> you got to listen to what he's got to say. All right. Hold up your hands to the envelope for your tithes or your offerings. And I know a lot of people give online now. And, uh, you know, even if you give online, use your faith when you give. You know, that's not paying a bill. That's giving to Jesus. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to look at verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I'll give you a chance to get there. How many have been following along in our Bible study this month out of Hebrews? We're going through Hebrews and looking things out of Hebrews on our online thing. And I, I think about the chap, chapter 3 was looking at a couple days ago. Talking about the, the children of Israel, a lot of them couldn't receive because they didn't mix faith. Didn't mix faith with their believing. And so everything we do, we need to mix faith with it. How does faith come? By hearing what? The Word of God. And so Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it'll show you some of what and why we do some of the things we do. He said, let's hold fast the profession or Confession, the confession of what? Our faith. Confession of our faith. How does faith come? Hearing what? So if we're going to hold fast to our confession of faith, we're going to hold fast to confessing what the Word of God says about our finances, about our health, about our families. Amen. And so that, that's why we do a financial faith confession. We want to say what God says about our money. That's why we do a confession 
over America. We want to say what God says he wants America to be. That's why we do that confession over Barstow. We want to speak the word of God over Barstow. And he says, hold fast to that. That's why we do this every service, the things we say. We want to say what God says. I want to be agreed with him and not what other people say, don't you? Amen. Let us hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. And when you study the book of Hebrews, we saw a couple days ago in that online Bible study, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 said, Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Jesus is the one that watches what we say so he can bring it to pass in our lives. So we're going to keep on confessing the word of God over our families, over our health, over our finances, over our nation. And we're going to stay in agreement with the word of God. And we believe in the name of Jesus. As we stay hooked up with him and his word, we're going to see these great things come to pass our lives. Amen. Let's make our financial faith confession. And then we'll bring our tithes, our offerings up to the altar. And uh, even if you gave online, just come up to the altar anyway. Just be thanking Jesus for what you gave etc etc and you'll see bring things to pass in your life let's say this together as we bring the lord's tithe and give offerings today we believe we receive jobs our better jobs promotions raises and bonuses benefits sales and commissions growth in business settlements estates and inheritances interest and income rebates and returns checks in the mail gifts and surprises finding money bills paid off Debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give justly to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, join us up here at the altar after you're done worshiping the Lord with your tithes and your offerings. And let's get to worshiping the Lord tonight. Amen. Worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero. Of heaven, you conquer the grave, you free every captive and break every chain. Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great things. through every storm you'll be faithful forevermore you have done great things and I know you will do it again cause your promise is yes and amen you have done great things God you do great things 
Christ has found its place in you. You lift up weary heads. You make us strong instead. You took these rags and you made us beautiful. For all that you've done, we will pour out our love. This will be our anthem song. Let's sing. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Sing that again. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore, our hearts adore, Raise our voices. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts all of our hearts, our soul, and our strength. And Jesus, we know this is this is the end of the age. We'd overcome to the end of things before the rapture takes place. And all kinds of things are happening right now, but we know that's because things are changing. And we know as believers, we need to change how we think about things. 
We need to change what we believe and what we say to get in agreement with you. Lord, we know you never change. It doesn't make any difference what year it is, what century it is. You never change. Your words are eternal. And so, Father, we purpose in these days we live in to be the best Christians we can be so our light can shine. People will come to us for answers about what's going on in their lives. And you told us, the Holy Spirit in us, he'll give us the answers to help them with. So we thank you tonight as we look at things in your word about divine healing and divine health. That number one, it's going to help all of us in our faith to grab a hold of what you have for us in the area of healing and health. And then number two, we're going to be able to share what we know with people out there that don't know this yet so we can get them healed and get them helped. And we just want to thank you tonight as a life-changing night again because the Holy Spirit's here. The Word of God's been taught and we're good receivers and we'll be doers of the Word. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's so good to be here. And I'll, I'll tell you what, the times we live in are challenging times, but there's a difference between Christians that know their covenant and know their Lord and people that don't know what we know. You know, the difference between born-again believers that know what belongs to them in the Word of God and other people is this. We all get hit with the same problems, the same challenges, and we don't duck and run. We hold our heads up. We look to heaven for where our help comes from. We speak the Word of God, listen to the Word of God, and we get results that God wants us to get. Amen? And then, you know, uh, I'm going to be talking about divine healing and health tonight, but back in Indiana for years and years and years and years, I taught a healing school every Wednesday morning, and I had a lot of people from different churches came to the healing school, people from other towns all around where our church was in uh, South Central Indiana, a lot of people came. We filled up the church a lot of times on Wednesday mornings, totally teaching on divine healing and health. And, you know, I, I just think about some of the things I saw over the years. I, uh, today, I just, I, I'll get the sermon in just a minute. But I'm thinking about old Sarah. We had, we had a woman that, uh, at that point in time, I thought she was old, but she was only 65, but I passed her up now. But anyway, I called her old Sarah that, uh, She'd been raised in a religious church for a long time, and then started coming to our Word Church. And she came Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, all the special meetings. She was on a walker. She had diabetes and, and uh, you know, different things like that. But she came to all these services. I'll never forget. She came in one Sunday. She wanted to give a testimony. She said out of the Word all these times, listened to healing. And she said, something weird happened this week. I said, what happened this week? She said, I went to my doctor. They told me the reason I was having a problem because I didn't need insulin anymore. And I said, as she said, she told him, I've been taking it for 35 years. What do you mean I don't need insulin? Insulin. He said, he said, it's hurting you. He said, you don't have diabetes anymore. It's gone. And so the whole thing, what I'm saying is this about that for what I'm going to teach tonight. She wasn't even believing God to get healed of diabetes, just the anointing. And the faith level was so high for healing that God healed her in spite of her. <laughs> and, you know, she wasn't given that testimony uh, because she got healed. She gave that testimony because she was confused. She couldn't understand why all of her adult life she'd been taking insulin, 
Then her doctor took her off of it. And I said, Sarah, I said, how does faith come? What have you been hearing all these, all these years? You're sitting under this word. What's been going on? I said, that word got into your spirit and it came out through your flesh. And that doctor saw what you've been hearing preached. That's why the doctor said that. And so you know, I, I just say this. You know, I, I was thinking of the worshiping about different kinds of churches, different things. And you know, there's, there's, there, there's, there's extremes in every Bible doctrine there is. And, uh, you know, it's just like driving, driving a car down the road. There's a ditch on both sides of the road. If you get in the ditch on this side, you're crashed and you're done, or that side. But the safe way is down the middle of the road. Stay in the road. And so some, some ministries are totally against doctors of medicine. Say, God will do it all. You don't need to go to doctors. And then some other ministries say, healing's not for the day. Well, the middle of the road's this. God's the one that wants you well. If you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. But while you go to the doctor, use your faith. And at the same time, your faith grows. There come to a there come a point in time where you'll think, "Well, I'm going to stick with the word." Amen. But just always, 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 don't go in the ditch. If you think your faith's the place for healing, that's not working. Get to the doctor. Get help. But all the time, keep on reading the Bible. Do what the Bible says to do. And so that's where I like to teach is right down the middle of the road what the Word of God has to say to help people receive healing. You know, and I just, well, just one thing, you know, I just throw a quick current testimony. I was talking to Walter a while ago. He, he, he told me a lot of things that I've taught how he's used it. Got his son healed this week. He had a really bad earache and, and they prayed, believe God for the healing. He got his ear healed. Well, two weeks ago today, I was on my tractor out at my place, and I stepped off my tractor. My dog had dug a hole, and I didn't see it. And my foot went sideways, fell right on it. And those of you who were watching me, I couldn't walk for the first two or three days. Well, I'm busy moving. I didn't have time to go to doctors to get all kinds of stuff done. I wasn't against them, but I was busy, and I knew I couldn't get side. You know, I could, just couldn't get shipwrecked on the side. And so I prayed over it for two days. I couldn't walk at all. But I had trucks don't get my moving stuff. By the third or fourth day, I was able to start walking. Now here it is two weeks ago. I'm totally healed, running, shouting, doing what I know to do because I believe for God to speed up the healing process. And you know, that's, that's, that's just, that's not just a fairy tale. I mean, if anybody saw me try to come to Harvest Fest that night, I had to practically get carried from my car a few feet to sit in a lawn chair and watch Harvest Fest. And that was less than two weeks ago. So what I'm saying is the word of God is true. When you learn the Word of God, and like every other thing in your faith life, you don't one day start in kindergarten and the next day you're a college graduate. You just keep learning and growing and learning and growing. Keep on studying, sitting under the Word, reading the Word. You buy healing books. You listen to healing things. You keep on growing and growing and growing and growing. And, you know, just the other testimony, you know, three years ago, I had blood cancer. 70% of my blood was cancer. And so they started doing chemotherapy, got halfway through it, and my blood vessels were blowing up. They couldn't do it anymore, so they stopped the process. And I said, that's okay. First Peter 2.24 says, by Jesus' stripes I was healed. And you go to see in your microscopes that says I was healed. Well, guess what? A few months later, they said, you're healed. And so the whole thing is, what I'm saying is this. I, I can personally testify the Word of God works when you learn the Word of God and operate the Word of God. But don't hear testimonies like this. And then think, man, I can just jump up and do everything he does. That's what's real to me. It's got to be real to you. 
And so when you learn from the Word of God, you know in your heart where your faith is and don't get out in the deep water above your faith. And so, you know, I just want to just keep on saying over and over again, we're a church that firmly believes the Bible for divine healing, but we want you to go to your doctors. Do your doctor stuff, and God will show you what to do about your healing part. Amen? And and also, just like the blood cancer thing, medical science will confirm the Word of God. When they see that cancer is gone, then they confirm what God said. Amen? And then also, also uh, you know, I think about Sarah and the diabetes. Doctors confirm what God does. Don't throw your insulin away. Don't stop chemotherapies. They got you on mess. You keep on doing your medicine. There comes a point in time that your doctors will tell you, you know what? You don't need this anymore. But that's because God did it. You keep on doing what you know to do to get there. I want to show you a couple of books out of the bookstore that, that'll help you that I've, I've had these books for years myself. This was called God's Medicine. God's Medicine. It's by Brother Kenneth Hagin. And he teaches actually some of the same scriptures I'm going to use tonight. But he teaches how the Word of God is God's medicine for your healing and health. And I'll be talking about it in just a little bit. But we've got lots of these in the bookstore. And then here's one called Hear and Be Healed. Hear and Be Healed. And what's so good about this book, he goes right through the New Testament. And I want to say again what I asked a while ago. What's Romans 10, 17 say, somebody? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Well, Brother Hagin makes a statement as he begins teaching this. A lot of people want the healing without the hearing. You don't have faith for it if you're not hearing it. you got to hear the word of God to get faith for anything. It's a lot of people just show up to a church like this. And they come up. Well, matter of fact, I remember when I first started pastoring here, some guy heard we had a healing ministry. And kind of a strange guy. His wife had been sick for a long time. And... Uh, I, I met him out here in Barstow, and he's a businessman, and he kept saying he's going to come to my church because he heard, heard we, we taught healing. I said, yeah, we do. So the guy comes walking in one Wednesday night and brought his wife up here, man, all, all messed up, goofed up in life, and said, it said, give her the touch. And he never even heard, he ever think, heard anything preached or anything about anything. He said, give her the touch, fix her. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you got the touch, don't you? I said, I don't have the touch. I said, I teach the Word of God, and I pray for people, and when people are able to reach up and receive from heaven, I can pray for them with faith, but they got to have a little bit of faith, something, at least an ounce of faith, to grab a hold of what's going on. I said, no, I don't have the magic wand. You don't be out here dying and have nothing to do with God or Jesus or anything, and then walk in and say, this guy's going to wave a magic wand on me, and he waves a magic wand, he's going to do something. It doesn't work that way. This book called... Hear and be healed will really help you to understand some spiritual things. Amen? Amen. All right. So uh, open up your Bible to 3 John, verse 2. That's kind of weak and kind of puny. 3 John, verse 2. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, I always like to say that because Jesus is the Word... And the word's inspired by God. When you get excited about his word, then you're excited about him. And so when, 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 I, when, I, when I say scriptures like that and people get excited, you don't get excited about me. 
You're getting excited because Jesus is getting ready to talk to you. And so the title for your notes is Divine Healing and Health is the Will of God for Every Believer. For Every Believer. How many know the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons? No respecter of persons, but I'll tag on to that, but he is a respecter of faith. Faith always pleases God. Bible faith always receives from God. And so he's not a respecter of persons. He had no special, he has no special favorites, but he honors his word. And so we've got people at different levels of their faith concerning divine healing, concerning what the Bible has to say. And so this is a basic scripture right here that if you believe the Bible means what it says, it says what it means. This tells you right here the number, the number one hindrance to your healing is you've got to get this established in your heart. He says, beloved King James, I wish or I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. God said above all things, he wants you to be in health even as thy soul prospers, even as thy soul prospers. And so faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so you've got to know it's the will of God. You know, a lot of Christians, because they've been religiously brainwashed, Instead, New Testament taught, think when they pray concerning healing, they have to say, if it be thy will. Well, when the Bible tells you what the will of God is, you have to put an if in there. That throws doubt in there. If God says it's the will, how many believe it's the will of God for everybody to get saved? He wants the whole world saved. That's why he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth. If Jesus would receive eternal life. It's the will of God. You don't have to pray, Oh God, my sick mother's about to die. If it be thy will, save her. I don't want my mom to go to hell. If it be thy will. You know it's God's will for your mom to be saved. You don't pray it if about that. And so when it comes to healing, he says right here, above all things, God said, I want you to be in health. And that health there, Let's talk about a couple things. Number one, the will of God is for believers to live in divine health, which means you stay well. You just don't get sick. Just stay well. God said he wants you to be in health. He wants you to stay well. And then also, God wants you to know that if you do get sick, he's not mad at you for getting sick. He wants you to get healed. Divine healing it's for believers if they get sick. And you know, a lot of people don't understand about divine healing the fact that number one, just like my ankle I was telling you about, that God will speed up the healing process. Although I didn't go to doctors, I don't look at the Google stuff very much, but I went to a thing called WebMD. I looked at a Mayo Clinic about different things about ankles. I thought, well, is it a twist? Is it a break? Is a fracture, is a sprain, looked all kinds of things like bottom line was, whatever it was, it was serious because the side of my ankle was about as big as a baseball. When I come out that and went on it like that, I mean it was huge, it was big, it was bad, whole thing was puffy and red, sore all the way up almost to my knee. It was it was really, really, really serious. And so I laid hands on it and I prayed, and I said, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to speed up the healing process. I just want to thank you, speed up the healing process, because the best prognosis I saw in those medical sites I looked at was six months. I, I mean, six weeks. I started getting in enough shape where I could do something. 
I thought, man, I'm, I'm right in the middle of this move. I had the U-Haul company put these big containers right outside my house. I had five containers out there, and I had to get those things loaded, plus other stuff going on, so I didn't have time to be laid up somewhere. And all I'm saying is, for my level of faith is, I know enough about how this works. I knew what to do. And so anyway, if you get injured or you're sick, you can pray for divine healing and he will speed up the healing process, make the thing happen quicker than what it would. And so he, his anointing came in, he sped up the process. And then number two, if it's a terminal thing, he'll reverse the curse. You know, another thing, when I was going through that blood thing, right in the middle of all that treatment, I had a serious heart attack. Got to the hospital. The doctor took me right into heart surgery, and they had it on live camera. They wanted me awake while they was doing it. I had 99% blockage, 99% blockage of my right coronary artery. And that doctor just said, you walk a dead bed. You're walking dead, man. You shouldn't be here. And so he took me through that thing. Two weeks later, I outran his treadmill. Man, I'd burn the midnight rubber. But the thing was, Jesus sped up the healing process of that. And so we have to know that divine health, you stay well. Divine healing, if you get sick, you can believe God to speed up the healing process. If it's something terminal that will kill you, you can believe God to turn that around. And, you know, that, that's why there's, there's no fear in life about things if you know where God stands. And then, you know, I knew, I knew through the whole thing there that I wasn't planning on dying, but I knew one thing, if something ever happened to me, I just get to see Jesus. And when you look at the book of Hebrews we're talking about, in Hebrews chapter 2, it talks about the number one fear that believers must conquer is the fear of death. When you get over the fear of death, COVID threats don't bother you. Cancer diagnosis don't bother Nothing bothers you when you get over that fear because fear is the opposite of faith. And when you get over the fear of what if, and the only thing that can get that fear out of you is the Word of God. When you know the Word of God, fear is the opposite of faith. Faith knocks out fear. And so believers have to, first of all, get over the fear of death, get over the fear of what if, and, you know, when you think about that, when all the different things come against you, there's always the, well, what if this and what if that? But why don't you just turn around and say, well, what if the Bible's true? What if laying the hands of the sick that he recovers true? What if with the elders that don't you fall and pray the prayer of faith, you really get healed? What if? Start changing that what if to what the Bible says. And when you begin to get into that realm there, that everything changes. That gets you on the right direction for your faith to work. But he said, above all else, he wants you to prosper and be in health. He wants you healed. He doesn't want you sick. But I want you to notice this. There's strings attached. There's a condition to be met. You've got a part to play to open the spiritual door to receive. You've got a part to play. Do you notice? Look at that last part of the verse. Even as thy soul prospers. Even as thy soul prospers. So what he's saying there, this is the will of God, but it's also the will of God for you to develop your spiritual life. I want that to sink in for a minute. He wants you to have a prosperous soulical life. 
spiritual life. He said that the more your soul prospers, the more you're in position to receive because when your mind gets renewed to the will of God, when you get faith built up in your heart, then you're able to resist thoughts and imaginations. And you're able to recognize, you're able to recognize that God is greater than disease. God is greater than sickness. And that only happens with a prosperous soul. How do you get a prosperous soul? Well, the things I know I've learned out of 42 years of doing this, here's what I've learned. Number one, you can't be legalistic about reading your Bible. But you do need to have a Bible life. And so what I know, I've learned from Jesus, from the Word of God, you got to have a prayer closet. Jesus said, go to your prayer closet. Matthew chapter 6, he said, when you pray in secret, your Father which sees you in secret rewards you openly. And so in our prayer closet, and that, you can have a closet if you want to, but anyway, that means you you got to have a, a place, you got to have a regular habit to where you get quiet, you read your Bible, never, never, never go to a time of prayer without your Bible. You go in with your Bible, wherever it is. It might, it might be the break room on your job. If you're so busy in life, you can't do anything else, go to the break room. Years ago when I was a truck driver, what I found I could do, I was stuck on the truck dock. A bunch of truck drivers had about 100 some guys worked on that dock. You know what I did? As a Teamsters truck driver, had a contract. Every, every two hours, we got a 10-minute break. Little books like this here in Be Healed, God's Medicine, had a big restroom. I couldn't get away from the guys in the other place. I'd go to the bathroom. I'd go in the stall. And for 10 minutes, I could do something spiritual. I got quiet in there. I'd read my little books. I would pray. And then I'd get back out and hit it. And I found a way to be able to work in that quiet time for my spiritual life to prosper. And that's what you've got to do in life. You've got to be able to unplug from people, from unplug from things, if you want a prosperous soul, if you want to, if you want to prosper, because that even as your soul prospers, that's how much you receive healing and health. And so, number one, I would develop the habit of finding a quiet time regularly. And I want to say this again, you can't be legalistic. You can't say, every day at nine o'clock, this is what I'm going to do. And then the devil throws things to you to throw you off course and you miss two or three days in a row where you didn't make it at nine o'clock. Well, then condemnation comes in from the devil. He beats you over the head and tells you what a loser you are, et cetera, et cetera. And so to me, that kind of stuff never did work. I, I, every matter of fact, about every person I've ever seen tried to set that appointment time to do things like that. They fell after about a week or two because the devil makes sure you got things come up to cancel it out. And so I like to say it this way. You need to develop the habit of consistently having quiet time and alone time and you know, during this movie, we've been really busy. I've had to really work some things in, but it wasn't my normal super feeding time I liked because I've been busy for a month. But I did, I did regularly do what I've done all my Christian life. I read my Bible, I prayed, I wrote my journal. And so you've got to get that habit because that's what prospers your soul. And then number two, you're all here on Wednesday night. You must be people hungry for the Word of God. Well, I've learned this, that as, as a young Christian... I was raised in a in a center home, didn't know church people or anything like that. And honestly, when I found out at 28 and a half years old that Jesus was real, at 28 and a half, I got born again. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I become a tongue talker. 
And when I found out Jesus was real, I've been a fanatic about church. I come Sunday morning. I, I mean, I do now because I'm a pastor. But even as, a, as, 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 as sitting on your side out there, how many know the pastors start off out there before we get up here? I was on that side a long time before I got up here. Well, I came Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Saturday morning's men's meetings, and then also every special event they had. Why was that? I was hungry for the Word of God, and that my soul prospered. You know, let me ask you this. Think about church attendance. Do you think that more church will give you less faith or more faith? Will more church give you less anointing or more anointing? Will more church take away fear or give you fear? Amen. And so how could you lose by coming to church every time you can? And once again, you can't be legalistic about it. And say, I'm going to come to church every service. And you get busy of life and you miss some. And then the devil comes and beats you on the head and tells you you're a loser again. You can't do that. You just got to develop the habit that I want to come to church as much as I can. And why, why am I emphasizing these things? Because Third John 2, he said he wants you to prosper and be in health, but he said that's according to how much you develop your spiritual life. And so you want to be able to get serious about these spiritual things. And, you know, I know that I've, I've noticed, and uh, it's just been a, been a pastor watching people. I see people get on the health kick. They have no problem getting up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning time to get to the gym to work out an hour for they go to work. They can do that real easy. Or they get into the sports stuff. They have no problem. They have no problem for getting down to practice and things like that. After they worked a full day working, they get to the ball field and do all the sports stuff. I'm not knocking anybody for anything. You know, you know why you can do all those things? There's no spiritual resistance. The devil doesn't care how much you work out because no faith comes by working out. He doesn't care how good you get a softball or baseball or your kids get a soccer or any of those kind of things. He doesn't care. There's no resistance. But what he does do, he puts the pressure on about church attendance. Oh, I had a rough day. I can't go tonight. Or I stayed out too late Saturday night. I can't come this morning. Well, if it was a ball game, guess what? All of a sudden, man, you got a supercharge. Woo! Let's go. Let's pack up early. We're out of here. If you would recognize the spiritual warfare going on, and use the same faith for spiritual things as you do for natural things, then your your soul will really, really, really sharpen up, and you'll be a, you'll be a whole lot easier to receive spiritual things. Amen. But do you see that there where it says, even as your soul prospers, that's what God said. That's called a condition, and so you've got to maintain a a, a healthy spiritual life if you want God's best in the area of healing. Now I want you to go to Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty. Amen. Thank you, St. Nick. And by the way, that's Nicholas. The Bible says that, that we're sanctified, which is short for saint. So that's St. Nick back there. And by the way, I'm St. Bernard, if you need to know. <laughs> and you're all saints, according to the Word of God. And, uh, some people don't understand that, but that's Bible. Anyway, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 23 this tells you this is a good place to start for building up your spiritual life. Proverbs 4, verse 20, says, My son, attend to my words. 
check out everything on Google first. What does the internet say? It says, my son, attend to my words. That's the Bible. It says, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them, my words, not depart from your eyes. Keep in the midst of thine heart, for there are life unto those that find them. Now look at this. And health to all their flesh. And health to all their flesh. And in the Hebrew, that word health there means healing and medicine. And if you've got a good reference Bible, it'll say medicine to all your flesh. That's where Brother Hagen uh, got this for this book here, God's Medicine, was off this verse right here. Now, I want you to see that. We're talking about divine healing and divine health. It says God's Word, God's Word, when you really get serious about it, is healing and medicine to all your flesh. Healing and medicine to all your flesh. It says you pay attention to it, you listen to it, you sit under it. And I'll tell you, me personally, when I went through that chemotherapy, they said that my immune system would always be compromised, would never be right. Well, I look at these verses all the time, and I said, Lord, I want to thank you that your word is healing and medicine to my blood, to my blood cells. And all the time I said, Lord, I want to thank you for a totally normal, healthy immune system. Lord, thank you. I hold fast the Remember that word we looked at when we Hebrews 10, 23? I hold fast the confession of my faith without wavering. I thank you, Lord, for a healthy immune system. And, you know, I just, I just look, I look at your hungry faces out there, and I see you're hungry for the Word of God. These things right here that I'm showing you from God's Word, they're not my opinion. They're God's Word. And the Bible's God talking to us. And God said that when you pay attention to His Word, you get His Word in your heart. He said it's medicine to all your flesh. That means from your hair to your toenails. Everything on the inside, everything on the outside, that includes heart, blood, liver, pancreas, whatever it is that's part of your physical body, God said his word is medicine to all your flesh. Now think about this. <clears throat> if you went to the doctor and you had, a, you had a problem, your doctor diagnosed you, and your doctor said, I'm going to give you a prescription. Get this filled and take this three times a day. And then I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks and let me know how you're doing. You go, you go to the pharmacy, you get a prescription filled, you bring it home, and you put it beside your bed with your Bible. And you don't read your Bible, don't take your medicine. They're both right there. You don't take your medicine. And you see your doctor in two weeks, and your doctor says, well, how you doing? I bet you're a lot better. No, doc, I still feel just as bad. You know, matter of fact, I think I'm getting worse. He says, I gave you that prescription, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, Did you get it filled? Yeah. I don't understand it. That always works. Well, are you taking it? No, I didn't have time. Where's it at? Well, it's got dust on it with my Bible. Oh. Well, do you ever read your Bible? I carry it to church. What about that prescription? I stick it in my purse. But you don't take it? The doc says, I can't really help you then. You didn't do what I told you to do. If you take the medicine, 
that medicine will be good for your flesh, and you'll get you'll get cured of this. And so see what I'm saying? You get a preacher like me gets up telling people like you, and you out there watching too. You don't get you don't get away from this. You out there watching too. If we teach you from the Bible that God said, when you get serious about His Word, it'll be healing medicine to all your flesh if you take it. And then you hear this, and you come up and say, I don't have time to take it, but I want the magic wand treatment. We don't have the magic wand. You know, you can get blessed as a baby Christian before you know anything, but you need to take the medicine yourself. Now, I want to show you just a couple of medicine scriptures, and let's just, for the sake of the lesson, call these gospels. These are gospels. Look at Matthew chapter 8. And this is some of my favorite things. I still take these frequently, the verses I'm showing you, and I take them consistently. And I have, I can say, for over 40 years, all my Christian life. That's why I receive healing easy if I need it. That's why my immune system is good. And I think about when this ankle got hurt, I had two different believers try to get me to agree with their unbelief. They said, oh, Pastor, you know, when you're older like you, it takes a long time to get healed. You heal slower. And all I did under my breath, I said, well, if that's what you want, you can have what you say. I said, I say in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to limit God, that he's speeding up the healing process for me. I think the two weeks get this thing taken care of pretty good. I mean, I really appreciate that. And so Matthew chapter 8, look at verse 16 and verse 17, says this. When the evening was come, they brought to many that were possessed with demons. He cast out the spirits with his word and healed some that were sick. Who did he heal? All the sick people that crowd got healed. But then verse 17 is what you need to see. This, this is your gospel. That it might be fulfilled, spoken by Isaiah or Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. At Calvary, Jesus took our sins and took our sickness. Here's how you take this gospel. Now you know you know how the doctors would tell you. You know the medicine says some of it says take with food, some of it says take with water. Some some medicine says it doesn't make any difference, and it tells you take it three times a day, take it twice a day. I would highly recommend you take this gospel like this. When you're, when you're, you know, you need to do this whether you're sick or not. You need to get your, your immune system built up. But all the time I say, Lord, I want to thank you. Matthew eight seventeen says that you took my infirmities and you bear my sicknesses. I've taken my gospel. Thank you, Lord. You took my infirmities and you bear my sicknesses. That includes cancer, when I had the cancer stuff, the heart stuff, and everything else. Or if it's a cold trying to come, if it's COVID trying to knock. Whatever it is, you just want to say, thank you, Jesus. Matthew 8, 17 says, you took my infirmities and bear my sicknesses. Can you see that in the Word of God? You need to make the Word of God first place. When he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, you're whosoever. When you called, you got saved. Because you're that whosoever. That's you. Took your infirmities and bear your sicknesses. Now, this pill will not work. Stand in the container by your bed you got to open up the container, which is your Bible. 
you got to look at it. And I highly recommend you always say the address too so you know where it's at. And just real simple, just look at that, look at that verse. And you know, if you're going to take, if you're really serious about this, especially if you're going through something, then, uh, Dr. Jesus through me will tell you, take this pill three times a day. Take it at the morning time, take it at lunchtime, take it at bedtime. When you get up, look at Matthew 8, 17 and say, Jesus, your word says in Matthew 8, 17, you took my infirmities and bear my sicknesses. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed. And now this last pill I want to give you, you can take it with this one, and it'll just add to the benefit. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Is anybody getting help? Amen. I'll tell you what, as a man of God that knows what God's word says, what God's best is, I don't like seeing people I love sick. I don't like seeing little kids sick. I don't see old, I don't like seeing old people sick. I don't see, like seeing young people sick when I know what God's best is. And so I can show you what the Bible says, but you gotta take your own pills. And I don't really think you can crush them up or anything. I think you just have to take them. First Peter 2.24. Such a good verse. Who his own self bear our sins, his own body on the tree. How many believe that? That Jesus took our sins on the cross. Amen. Okay, so that we've been dead to sins. How many believe that on the inside of you, when you got born again, you died to sinning? Amen. Says, should live unto righteousness. Well, how many believe that part of the verse? We ought to live right. Well, look at the last part. It's just as real. By whose stripes he will heal you someday. By whose stripes, if you just be patient, wait for manifestation. Where do you get that manifestation stuff at, man? Some religious guy come up with that. He says, and let me tell you why I say that. Christians that are always watching for manifestation very seldom get it. You don't watch for manifestation. You watch the word. You talk the word. You listen to the word. And manifestation shows up. But the whole thing is, you watch the word. When you're watching for manifestation, you're watching symptoms. You get up, you say, I still feel it, so it's not here. Still hurts, so I don't have it yet. Well, you got to bring the word into reality as present tense. He says, by his stripes, you what? Were healed. Now, is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? Past tense. You were. And so, see, people have got to understand how faith works. When God's done something, then you agree with what he said. Uh, when, you, when you got saved, when did Jesus die on the cross? The day you got saved or 2,000 years ago? 2,000 years ago. Well, when you found out about it in present time, you received what he did. Well, see, in present time, you found out you were saved, you were healed. And I hope that doesn't sound confusing. But he saved you, he healed you. And so whether you feel saved or not, I don't know about you, but I don't feel saved all the time. But I am. I know especially as a new Christian, a lot of times for a few years, I didn't feel like a Christian. Then I come come to find out being a Christian didn't go by feeling, it went by the Word. The Word of God said I was saved when I received Jesus. And so the Word of God says, by His stripes you what? We're healed. 
And so what you need to do with this pill, you take this gospel pill three times a day. And then if you, if more was needed, and if you're going through something where you really need it, take a double dose. Double up on it. If you're really going through something, double up on it. Several times a day, look at 1 Peter 2.24 and say, Jesus, your word says in 1 Peter 2.24, by your stripes I was healed. By your stripes I was healed. Where's that at in the Bible? 1 Peter 2.24. Learn the location. And then just say that and make it first person. Thank you, Lord, I was healed. You know what? You know what's going to happen? It's not going to be many days hence. You're going to start seeing a difference. You're going to see things change. Anyway, that's what I've got for you now, divine healing and divine health. Take this. It's the Bible. It's not my own opinion. It's what God said. And you begin to incorporate it into into your life, not just as an occasional thing. And, you know, let me just say this. Does anybody here take vitamins or herbs or anything like that to help, help supplement things? Amen. Well, we take those. But you know what I learned? I don't just take gospels when sick tries to hit. I take them all the time as my supplements. And so that builds up my immune system. It builds up things on the inside of me. And that stops a lot of things from getting into me because I take these things all the time as faithful as I take my vitamins. And so you take these, but then if sick gets in, double the dose. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. How many got blessed? Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, let's, let's stand up. And my anointed son, Joshua, is going to lead us into the presence of the Lord for his worship. And if you need prayer, then my prayer team will be up here with me, and we will be glad to pray for you and to help you. Uh, you're anointed. We're anointed. There's anointing up here. If you need hands laid on you, then we'll lay hands on you. And you want me to tell you something I used to teach them in healing school? Because Jesus said that our hands are anointed, I call this an injection. If you need a shot of anointing, we'll lay hands on you, and anointing from heaven will come into you. And just like give you a shot at the doctor's office, we'll give you a shot from heaven. Anointing come into you and get into your system, and you'll see things start changing. But if you need it, come and get it. We'll be glad to help you. Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence That you never failed me Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence that you never failed me I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again You made a way Where there was no way And I believe I'll see you do it again I've seen you move 
You move the mountains And I believe I'll see you do it again You made a way Where there was no way And I believe I'll see you do it again I'll see you do it again Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence That you never failed me Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence That you never failed me Let's make a faith confession before we close up our barstool confession. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you that in Matthew 8, 17, your word says, you took my infirmities and bear my sicknesses. At 1 Peter 2, 24, says that by your stripes, I was healed. I'm not going to get healed. I was healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. Hallelujah, shout! Hallelujah. Amen. And just think about that. Do you know how when you go to the doctor's office sometimes and says, I'll give you a free sample? Yeah, my name's Pastor Samples. I'll give you a free sample. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's make, let's make our Barstow faith confession. And, uh, uh, whoever my, my mouthpieces are tonight, do we have anything else we need to tell them about what's coming up or anything for Sunday or anything? That's going to be good Sunday. Be here Sunday. Okay, here we go. You ready? We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo!